Welcome to Evolve to Succeed, the podcast that brings together entrepreneurs, founders, business leaders, and experts to talk about their journeys and explore the link between personal and business success. I'm your host, Juan Munson, founder of Evolve, a coaching, training, and development company focused on enabling business and personal success and creating a community of like-minded individuals. Whether that be through our peer groups, one-to-one coaching, our training and development programs for you and your teams, or through our content and events, our mission is to get the best out of each individual and inspire them to be better both in life and in business. If you want to learn more about Evolve, including our beautiful co-working space in Ashley Cross in Paul, then please go to evolvemembers.com where you'll find great content, insights, details of all of our services and also information on our forthcoming events. For now though, let's get on with the show. My guest this week is slightly different from the usual that we have on the show. Yes, David Hayes is an entrepreneur. He started his stand-up paddleboarding company, Nomadic Paddler, just before the pandemic hit. But he's also a five times world record holder and more pertinent to this podcast, he's made some significant mistakes in his life about which he is admirably open and honest. I wanted David on the show because he's a great example of someone who's hit a real low point, and believe me, it's a low point few of us can imagine. But through serious self-reflection, resilience and determination, he's turned his life around. A core focus of Evolve is around self-development, the steps you need to take to become the best possible version of yourself, both professionally and personally. I believe it's a lifelong process of learning and adapting, and it's something I'm deeply passionate about. David's story is a compelling and extraordinary example of an individual's ability to rise up from the darkest depths and not only fulfill their potential, but even succeed it. Enjoy the show. Welcome, David, to the Evolve to Succeed podcast. Thank you for having me. I appreciate being here. Yeah, it's great to have you on the podcast. And actually, I hope you don't mind me saying, but you're not a normal type of guest. For a start, you've got five world records. Um, and I think it's a good thing that you got you on the show as a different kind of guest because you've got a really compelling story to tell about some significant challenges you've faced, some mistakes that you've made along yeah. the way, but how you've risen about, out of all of that with this really strong mindset and some strong resilience yeah. and a kind of strong purpose and way forward, which I think is brilliant. And I really want to focus our conversation around that. But I suppose we should start by telling the listeners a little bit of your journey so far. And how I know what you describe as that low point came in your life. So do you want to share some of your backstory with our listeners, please, David? Yeah, no worries. I mean, growing up, I was quite an adventurous kid. Always loved adventure. Um, And I moved to London, um, became the Forex trader. I thought the world was more about chasing the money, getting rich, living, loving Money was everything, was it? It was back then. And then that's what sort of ended in trouble. Through that, I lost a job turned to crime, ended up in prison. Right. And I now sort of re-evaluated, re-evaluated, re-evalued my life, sorry, um, and realised that it's not all about chasing that money. It's about mm. just living your most happiest life and being proud of who you are and doing what you want to do in life. And that's what I'm trying to do now. Brilliant. And I suppose, was it that moment in realisation when you were incarcerated and you were in prison that you realised something had to change or had you realised it before? For that point, do you think? It was when I was in prison, sitting in that cell, you know, you're surrounded by so much failure and negativity in there, and you hear all these stories about people still wanting to get out there and, you know, change or earn money, but 
they weren't focusing on themselves. And that's where my journey of sort of self-discovery started, really. When I would just right. sit in that six by four prison cell at my lowest point, realizing like this, you know, if nothing changes, then this is the end. Like, right. it's going to be back here. It could be anything worse. Something yeah. had to change. That's yeah. a strong point of realization, yeah. isn't it? And what was your, because, you know, that that is an extreme, but, you know, a lot of people in life get to that point where mm. they're perhaps in a job they don't like or they're in some a relationship that's... and. There's always this first step, isn't it? And people say if you take that first step, yeah. change can happen and you can follow through. Baby steps, I suppose, in, in some words. So what was your very first step that you took? Do you remember that? Yeah, it was acknowledging it, really. I mean, I wasn't acknowledging my mistakes as much. I was more focused on the future, getting out and, you know, again, making money. But you just got to acknowledge, like, why did I end up here? I've mm. not been handed the worst card in life. You know, I've I'm, yeah been to university i'd like to say i've got a bit of a brain about me my family's there so why have i ended up in prison how have i got here so it's trying to acknowledge the mistakes i'm trying to figure out and that's what i was doing just sort of going back to my childhood and everything like that yeah and just trying to learn who i was really i mean my my father died before i was born and i think that i never sort of really took that on board and i've always had this empty space in my life and i yeah. think that's something that's i've sort of now addressed and still addressing to this day and really I know this sounds a bit crass, maybe, but do you think money for a while replaced that kind of was the thing that filled the void? I think so. I mean, my time in London, it was just, you know, living the high life. I was earning yeah. some good money. I'm in London. I was young, out all night, eating nice meals, yeah. all of this, loving a great life. And I think it was filling the void. But when I look back at that time in my life, I wasn't happy. Like, yeah. I'm from Bournemouth and I love okay. the sea. I'm a beach bum at heart. And yeah. London, I just didn't have any of that. I was having no adventures and I was just... I was miserable I was yeah. really miserable and that's I know you talk about it a lot and, you know that sense of adventure is, is clearly so important to yourselves but it's also so revealing for so many of us yeah in life and sometimes as we get older that sense of adventure fades or dissipates or other things mm. in life take over so what simple things do you think people can do to revive that sense of adventure especially if they're stuck in a rut right now yeah, no, I mean, somebody I really like, and I think you, you're aware of him, Alistair Humphreys. Yeah, he's speaking yeah. <laughs> on the 17th of November at our opening event to the Evolve Succeed I... podcast. You've got a ticket, yeah, I Yeah, so I put my name down, um, and I briefly spoke to him before through social media, not yeah. like in depth, but he's got, he's all about these micro-adventures, yeah. and I think they're amazing, you know, it's just getting out there cheap in your backyard. But for me, I mean, adventure is, it's just, taking a little step out of your comfort zone doing something you wouldn't usually do I mean somebody said to me before you know they've got family they've got kids go camping with the children maybe learn to make a fire together properly that's an mm -hmm. adventure it doesn't have to be set in world records just go over to the Purbex if you live down here in Bournemouth you know yeah. go camping that's an adventure go for a long walk that's an adventure yeah. I think it's just doing something that you wouldn't usually do yeah. and just learning a little bit but think being mindful when you're on that adventure and just learn as you go along I mean that's what I do every time I go out there Okay, well, come talk to, talk to you on here about some of your adventures. But you're right. I think when I first had, you know, the reason we've got him back three, four years later is when I, he had a profound effect on me, Alistair Humphreys, when I mm. first heard him. Because, you know, I love my cycling, I love being outdoors, I love running, I love doing those things. And, you know, I, I thought we were going to get somebody that would come and talk about the fact that he'd cycled around the world. But he wasn't. He was so humble about that. And he mm. said, well, that was a big adventure, but you can do adventures on your doorstep. Exactly as you're describing there, David, it's those small things and as a result as a team 
Um, we went and camped on Brownsea Island overnight. So we left the office, walked across, oh, nice. got the ferry, camped, came back to the office mm. the next morning, and then <laughs> climbed Snowdon for sunrise. You know, mm. simple things that you remember. That's it. I mean, I mean, for me, adventure is a more. I use it as a tool to learn more about myself. You know, yeah. going from that prison environment to these adventures it really teaches me who I am. So that's why I like to push myself as much as I can. But I also enjoy those small adventures, like. As you said, going to Brownsea Island, that would be amazing. Seeing the sunrise on Brownsea Island, yeah. the sunset on Snowdonia. I mean, anybody can do these and yeah, yeah. people should they're get on, out there. They're on your doorstep. That's it. Definitely. So, uh, what, so you obviously got released from prison, from the penal system. And what was the next step that you took in about creating this life that you now want to lead and are leading? Yes, I mean, I came up with this whole nomadic paddler um, it's sort of my brand that I'm going. The whole idea really was to create this community of people, like-minded people, adventurers that want to get out there, that people can come together. Um, and we also wanted to start putting a clothing brand to it. Okay. But obviously with the whole COVID and the lockdowns that all came in. Yeah. And really sort of threw a spanner into the works. So I still had all this time to figure out, I was sort of building on the business, trying to you know develop the websites and stuff. Yeah. But something that I didn't want to let go was the fact I've been into prison and I've seen that the system is failing. Um, so I was given an opportunity to work as a consultant for the mm. industry and it's something that I still do now, um, as well as my nomadic paddler. And it's just trying to make a difference, trying to make it better for people that are going to go into the system, or in the system, and when they come out of the system. So that's the penal reform solutions yes, piece. Yes, yeah. So what's your role with them then? So basically, and I'm just... Sort of consultant for them so we just done two contracts with the inspectorates of probation so one's around mental health in the criminal justice system okay so we're talking to people that have got experience they don't have to be in prison they might have just had a brush with the law yeah and talking about mental health how they were treated through that journey and yeah. it's been a complete eye-opener it's been sort of shocking really some of the treatments gone on okay um, so I put a report together, given it to the inspectors, and hopefully, you know, there might be a difference made. There might be a change, right? That's it. And then we've just done one on electronic monitoring, so curfew tags okay. you know, around the ankles yeah. as well, which has been interesting, but not as in-depth as the mental health, as you can imagine. Okay, yeah, definitely. But I suppose the mental health, that healthy mindset mm. piece is something that you're passionate about. Yeah, it is. Anyway. I mean, something that I'm really interested in is helping the youth of today, so children that might be having struggling in school, yeah. might have family that have um, become victim, or they become victims of crime because the father or the mother's gone to prison. Yeah. It's those kids that I'm really interested in helping, and that's why I want to try and focus a lot of my work these days as well. Wow. Yeah. Perfect. And I suppose I should ask the question, obviously, you, you know, I suppose everybody suffered through the pandemic and, you know, that period of lockdown. But how was it for you? Because you'd obviously come out of prison started a new life mm. and then the world gets thrown up in the air but so how did you deal with that from a mindset perspective funny enough i mean i remember when i was in prison a lot of the prison officers saying lockdown's coming um it's not going to be as good you might as well stay in prison i was like i don't think that's going to be the case <laughs> <laughs> let me out yeah as i mean you know i can go home i can sit under the stars yeah. i can have a fire i can go on the internet i can read any book i want to read and i think coming out into lockdown was probably best thing that ever happened to me really it wasn't okay. just jumping straight back into life it was just taking those little steps re-evaluating where I've just been the journey I'm about to take and okay. just being connected with my family my friends and everything 
I think lockdown, I know it's not been, it hasn't been great, but for me, no. in that time, it was, it was good. It allowed you to adjust. Yeah, that's it. And it was, yeah, it was perfect for that. And what one thing do you think you're doing every day to keep your life on track now? Const- I mean, for me, I'm always mindful of everything I do. I'm mindful of my thoughts. I mean, that's the main one. Um, and I'm always looking for opportunities to grow in any way. I mean, yeah. every night at home, if I'm not going out, I'm always sort of researching um, and looking for the next adventure in life as well. Okay. Not just the paddleboarding adventure. It could be anything like helping people, the next journey, reaching out to like-minded people, those sort of things. Just I'm always looking to learn. And I think that's what I'm always going to continue to do as well. Definitely. And I suppose that comes bound to having that growth mindset, isn't it, that mm. you know, people really do need to develop and succeed and be happy in yeah. life, typically. And I think everybody needs to sort of develop this sort of growth mindset as well. It's such a powerful thing. It's hard to accept sometimes, but I think that all comes down to failure as well. Yeah. And for me, one thing growing up, I went to boarding school from when I was six years old to 18. and. Okay. I was never really, I never really failed. I was never really given the opportunity to fail. I was so sheltered in boarding school. Yeah. And then given so many opportunities. And I absolutely loved that, you know. And I love boarding school, don't get me wrong. But when I moved to London, I lost my job. I came too big for my boots and I lost my job. And that was my first biggest failure I ever yeah. was dealt with in life. And I just didn't know how to handle it. Didn't know how to handle it. Handle it in the wrong way. Ended up turning to crime. And yeah. then, you know, and then that all ended up down in prison. Yeah. But failure is such a, powerful tool it really is you can learn so much from that and just because you fail doesn't make you a failure you're Absolutely a person not. who's failed yeah. that's it and it's the same with myself just because i've gone to prison i'm not a criminal i'm a person who's committed to crime yeah it's about what i do with the next steps you know yeah. it's about what i've learned from my failures and i see prison it's my biggest failure in life but i think it's also my biggest success and that's what i'm going to hold on to and i think prison has been the making of me Wow, mm. fantastic! Wow. What a mindset, and, <laughs> and you know, to go to hit such a long and be able to climb out of it and and see the positives and and be the person you are today. Um, I think he's, he's incredible, David. I'm you know, you. nearly lost for words. <laughs> Do you think maybe a slightly political question, but I'm going to need to ask it. Do you think you got yourself out of that position, and were you given adequate support by the prison system, or do you think there's more we can do in the country? within our prisons to reform offenders? There's so much more that needs to be done. Like, there's tiny little bit of support in prison, but not much, but you need to go and find that support. And it's back to, you know, rehabilitation is about wanting to rehabilitate yourself. I mean, you get these people in and out of prison all the time, but they just don't want to rehabilitate. Hmm. But the moment somebody's like, you know what, I can't be doing this the rest of my life, that's the moment that they need to go and seek the help. Yeah. But there needs to be more. There isn't much offer. I mean, I, prison doesn't rehabilitate at all. I mean, I was very, very fortunate to meet Dr. Sarah Lewis, who is the director of Penal Reform Solutions. Okay. So I remember she, she's she gone off to Scandinavia to see how these prisons work because the um, their reoffending rate is so low over there. So she sort of tried to chain, get their concept, bring it over to like, this country. Yeah. And H&P Guys Marsh in Shaftesbury sort of said to her, if you want to come into our prison we'll let you loose and try this new concept. And the drugs went down, the reoffending, the violence went down this prison, all by introducing this growth mindsets and the little things that she put into the prison. And I remember going in there and one day, I think it was a weekend, we had a, it was a yoga assault course going on. So in the sports okay. hall, we did it all day. 
And it just took me away from prison in that moment. Yeah. yeah. I mean, I was still, you know, there were still prison officers yeah, there. Still incarcerated. That's it. Yeah. But it's, they were just sort of treated like a human being that day. And I said, went to her, I was like, what you're doing is amazing. How do I get involved? And I joined this growth project that she created about trying to make prison better. And we got in so well that she said, when you're out, you know, we need to talk and hopefully I might have a job for you. And, you know, here I am, I'm working for her now, trying to make a difference. Wow. Mm. There's a difference one person in your life can make. That's it? it. I mean, prison, you know, it's not, I'm not proud of what I did at all, you yeah. know, and I, I deserved a prison sentence. Yeah. But I think prison needs to stop. Once you get into that cell, once you get behind those doors, that's where it should stop. You know, it shouldn't be a punishment anymore. Your freedom's gone. You don't see your family. Mm. It's about trying to change people, trying to make them better people, giving them the skills to learn how they can become a better person. Yeah. Um, and that's what's, what's important. It's about handing. I mean, a lot of people you meet in prison have just been knocked back their whole life. Mm. And they just need somebody to come in with a human touch, treat them like a human being, and go on, you know what? We can see how lost you are, and we can see your potential. So here we are. We're going to help you do that. That's what prisons need to do. Wow, there you are. That's <laughs> yeah. a very comprehensive answer. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Sorry. So, so <laughs> shall we talk about some of your adventures? So, it's recently completed your fifth world record. Yes, yes. So, tell our listeners about the five world records you hold, David. Yes. Yeah, so the first four I did, I paddleboarded, stand up paddleboard, the four longest lakes in the UK in four consecutive days. Okay. So I started off on Loch Ness in Scotland. Yeah. Went down to Loch, uh, Lake Windermere in England, over to Loch Ness in Northern Ireland, and I finished in Bala Lake in Snowdonia. Um, it was absolutely amazing. Yeah. And even better, I've only been out of prison when I did that for about one year, two months, I think it was. Okay. So it's a very proud moment. But I've had all these like, grand ideas, and I want to keep pushing my paddleboarding. So literally three weeks ago, I went and hit the... Um, River Thames and paddleboarded the non-tidal from Lechlade all the way down to Teddington Lock, and I managed to beat the current world record by ten hours. Wow! Yeah. So how long was that on your paddleboard to do the Thames then? Forty-four hours, I think it was, and I didn't sleep for forty hours, and I had to have a rest. Yeah. <laughs> didn't sleep. Oh, I don't need a rest after <laughs> yeah. forty hours. I mean, I came up. So the whole idea behind it. So when I did these four lakes, I sort of made a pledge for the charity because I raised money for the Alliance of Sport. Yeah. And I just said. If people can help me reach this target amount, then I'm going to paddleboard the River Thames non-stop. The plan was 36 hours, but I didn't think... Because you have to come out the locks on the Thames. Right. As a paddleboarder, I'm not allowed to go through them. I didn't take that into consideration. Right. And so, so there was a lot of physical climbing, lifting. Yeah, the paddleboarding wasn't the hardest part. It was getting out of the water all the time. But I remember the, the 40th hour, I was near... Where was it? Near Windsor Castle. And I started getting these black spots in my eyes delirium was kicking in and wow. I sort of just suddenly blacked out heading towards the bush and I was like That's it. I need to pull over yeah I need to do I, need, I need that rest <laughs> and were you supported in that or is that completely unsupported and how does that work at night I've got lots of questions yeah, yeah. No. so I wasn't supported on the water um, I was on my own I had a support crew who met me at certain points every eight hours or so just to refuel um so night just out there on my own um and it was one <laughs> I was one bit, there was going down the Thames about two in the morning, and there was a boat, and there was these two gentlemen standing on the boat. No fishing rods. And I remember just paddling by them. We just looked at each other, and it was just like, uh, you right? Okay. You all right? <laughs> I'm looking at them thinking... What's going on here? Yeah, I'm looking at them. It's like, what are you doing in the Thames at this time of night, in the middle of nowhere? They're looking at me. It's like, what are you doing paddleboarding down the River Thames at two in the morning? <laughs> yeah. And just sort of passing on by. Um, but no, it was good. It was good. But, I mean, I've done a few endurance events, and when that night time comes, that's when you're really tested as a human being and what you're capable of. 
Yeah. And that's what I absolutely love about these adventures. And that's why I do it. So what have you learned about yourself through these adventures then? There's one moment when I did the Thames. I really wanted to quit. really wanted to give up. I pulled my uh, board out of the water. I nearly snapped the fin on the water. It was early in the morning. And in that brief moment, I was thinking, if I just snap this fin now, nobody's going to know. Nobody. Oh. I can tell everybody that... You know that the fin snap i couldn't have done i'm gutted you know it's destroyed yeah. me i'll come back again another yeah day. that's yeah. it you know and don't do it and then in that moment i caught myself i was mindful of that thinking and do you know what i said that's how i thought when everything went wrong for me and i committed those crimes that's how i was thinking i was looking for that easy way out mm. i said no more you don't do that anymore this is why i do these adventures to learn that he said he's now looking for the positive solution you know just man up if you want to quit then you just you know, just say you're quitting don't need to come up with excuses. Yes, don't have to lie, don't have to convince you. That's it. And then that was my old way of thinking. I was like, no more. But there's a book, I was an author called David Goggins. Okay. He's an ex-Navy SEAL. And he says, when you hit that point that I hit, you know, there's another 60% of you to go yet. That's yeah. only 40%. And I sort of always go to David Goggins in those moments. And I just continue pushing myself. But I was just so glad I caught that thinking and I addressed that. And it's going to stick with me for a long time that that. self-realization that's it yeah it's amazing i remember probably 15 years ago i read maybe a bit longer serrano finds his book his autobiography it's a great book and reading that made me stop and think just about life in general about how much we don't push ourselves mm. and how much we are capable of as human beings when you read what somebody can and has put themselves through now Maybe we can't push ourselves to those extremes, <laughs> but we can, like you say, 60% within us yeah. of more that we could do or achieve if we had the right mindset. That's it. I mean, and that's exactly why I, I do all these adventures. I like to hit that low point and I like to, it's just when you're really tested and it shows me what I'm capable of as a human being. You know, those mistakes I made, that's just, that's not who I am anymore. Yeah. You know, I'm not going to be defined by those mistakes. I'm going to continue doing that and I'm always going to continue to learn who I am and what I'm capable of, just become a better version of myself for me, for my family, for my friends, and for anybody I encounter. Fantastic. Why stand up paddleboarding as your, as your kind of adventure of choice? <laughs> yeah. I mean, living down here on the, on the coast, I've always loved the water sports. Uh, as a national champion sailor, um, surfing I've always loved, but I'm sure you know that the surfing's not great down here. Yeah. So those days that I, I couldn't surf, I just turned to paddleboarding and I absolutely love the extra sense of freedom that it gave me. Um, so living in Paul Harbour, you've got the five islands and you can just paddleboard to any of these mm. islands. You know, you can't do that on most, most of the sports. You can still surf with a paddleboard, but we haven't even reached the peak of what we can do on a paddleboard yet. The tour and exploration side, we're not even close to that. So I want to push myself, I want to get out there and sort of push the boundaries of the sport try these world first, these world records, and just use it as a journey for myself to, yeah. again, learn who I am, share my story, and hopefully I can encourage some, something in someone else, even if it's one person, to yeah. change their life through adventure, then that would be awesome. Fantastic. A very simple objective there, David. <laughs> yeah. um, and how do you physically train for these events? Because, you know, there's the endurance side, but yeah. you've actually got to have the strength and the fitness to achieve them as well, haven't you? So how do you go about training yeah. for the events? I mean, lots of the really long ones, there's a lot of strength and conditioning. Um, yeah. I do a lot of running as well. So it's always sort of hit training, things like that. Okay. I mean, I've always sort of been physically fit, fit growing up. It's never sort of been a problem. But I had a coach this last one I did who put me on a nutrition plan. And the difference that made from when I did my four legs was unbelievable. Okay. So he put me on a plan before, whilst on the, um, the event, uh, and then after it as well. So I 
connected with a local company called Precision Hydration, who are all about um, sort of putting liquids into your body and all this. They do a yeah. sweat test to learn how much you sweat, okay. give you gels, and yeah, it was amazing what I learned about that. But it's, the only thing you can never train for is how your mind's going to yeah, work in the situation. Yeah. Set, yeah. And that's, that Thames was the most toughest challenge I've ever done. It really was. And I'm just so glad I did it. So proud. Yeah. And But you'll never be able to train for that, no matter what. <laughs> no. It's a lot of self-talk, self-belief. and Yeah. yeah. There's the physicality, but it's all yeah. the mindset, definitely. Intrigued about nutrition. So what did they do different in terms of your nutrition than, than you would have done yourself to make such a difference? Me, it was just knowledge. Before I went and found this coach it was just knowledge that I sort of picked up through the grapevine really you know for instance I was taking a lot of protein balls that's the thing I used to do before but the coach put me on carbs it's a lot of carbs you want to be have so right. I was getting 30 gram carb gels that I was taking where I was having protein before you know it's, it was doing it all wrong um, yeah. and I remember doing the four lakes I remember you know getting the stiffness getting the aches but after I had this nutrition plan for the Thames I, I had none of that it was unbelievable right. brilliant and a lot of adventurers write books. So is there a plan for you to write a book, David? Yes. So uh, funny enough, I've actually had some interest. Someone's come forward, really interested in my story and my journey. I've got a big campaign I'm putting together next year called The Untamed Beasts. Um, so the idea is to paddleboard 33 lakes in 33 countries across Europe in 66 days. Okay. Um, the idea is hopefully to set the world record on each of those. Um, but the journey, it's not just about the lakes are the beasts. But yeah. it's also about taming my inner beast whilst I go on this, this journey. Okay. I mean, it's not going to be easy. I'm going to be tested, properly tested. Yeah. So it's about sharing what I learn from going from where I've been to what I'm doing there. Okay. 33 lakes. 33 lakes in 33 countries across Europe in 66 days. Wow. Mm. <laughs> and how do you find out if there is a world record on a lake or not, or whether you're setting it? I mean, is there a, a site that you go to? So, yeah, I mean, there's... So it's, it's a weird one, the world record game. So I thought it was just Guinness World Record, but there's so yeah. many world record companies out there, and they're all different brands. So it's okay. going through each so of them. So I thought it was all Guinness. That's you. what I thought. And then it turns out it's all these different ones. So you have to go through all of these, find out if any... I mean, quick Google search also helps, but you go to these different websites, you check. It's like, no, okay, you might have an opportunity here. So then you put in your application, then they work out a time that they want you to, if it hasn't had a record on it, they work out a time. Right, they set a target. Yeah, so just to make it challenging. So I mean, instead, a lake, let's say 10 kilometers, they give you 20 hours. I mean, that's a, that's, yeah. that's a very slow time. But they're saying- I might even be able to do that. <laughs> that's it, that's it. So they might say, you know, do it in two hours or yeah. something like that. They really make it challenging. So there is, there is you know, there's still a challenge element to it, even yeah. if you are setting that world record. Wow, fantastic. Mm. And ambitions and plans for the Maddock Paddler as a business? We know Where are you? Obviously, COVID must have, as you've already said, interrupted the progress mm. of that bit as a business. You know, yeah. you're building the brand and the presence and doing all the great things. But I suppose there's got to be a monetization of that at some point. So where are you in that journey? Yeah, I mean, we, we put a first bit of clothing line together. Uh, when was it? A few months ago. And we sold all of that. So it's now... We only kept it in in UK. It'd be great to keep it in UK, but we're sort of looking to you know go off abroad to get okay. that made. Um, we've got a new website coming all together now, and it's starting to build that community. And as I'm sort of pushing myself out there with the world record, sharing my story, we're getting so much more interesting that I think holding it off was probably the best thing. I think COVID hitting, 
not launching it turns out to be the better thing. Yeah. I think we would have put so much more money into it back then. But really, what I'm doing is all this free advertising from, yeah. and I think it's just working really well for us. Just building the brand. That's it. That's it. And, he, and then as we've got, we've got. I mean, talking to Vice Media as well. There's a potential documentary about another idea we've got going, um, and just yeah, just keep pushing. So, can I have to ask a question? Kind of money was the downfall. Money mm. was the sole focus. But to a certain extent, we all need money. We do. Yeah. Yeah. So where where does money sit in your priority set now? We do need money, and I think, you know, I want to continue doing this adventuring, and that's sort of the trying to get that financial sponsorship to help. But I always want to continue to do my work with Penal Reform Solutions, if I can yeah. go freelance, and just help other people reach their potential. I think that's it for me. And I think as much as you need money, I think knowing something's been a success is when I've helped somebody else, you know, go out and reach their potential. Yeah. I mean, I've just become a paddleboard instructor and I remember sort of taking some children out and you see them all stand at the end. I mean, that for me is just yeah. amazing. But yes, we all do need money and I do need to pay my bills. Um, yeah. But I see work, I see work differently now. Um, where before, for me, work is to help me achieve my goals in life, my actual yeah. personal goals. Where before money was about buying the nice clothes the dinners and all that but it's not about that anymore you know right. it's just to help me do what I want to do in my own personal life yeah. you know and get by pay my bills and yeah. yeah so you have a definition of what's enough and don't yeah. chase the money and that's it yeah as long yeah. as there's enough to fulfill your ambitions yeah and you know if, it, if I can do my freelance work and I can get sponsorship to travel the world and paddleboard then I'm happy. That's not a bad life. It's not, is it? No. <laughs> I usually ask people what their definition of success is, but I think you might just hit it there. Yeah, that's it. I mean, I like to continue doing the paddleboarding, the adventuring, keep pushing that till I'm about 50, and then come back and sort of, I don't know, sit at home and help more people yeah. get out there. Brilliant. Fantastic. Um, I suppose one of the other things is obviously, generally I'd ask, you know, being entrepreneurial and leading the kind of life has an impact on your personal life and on friends and family and that around you. You know, how's your life affected those relationships with friends and family? And, you know, what have you learned on your journey through building those relationships? Yeah, I mean, going to prison, I did lose a lot of friends. Um, and, you know, the trust in the family did disappear. Mm. But I remember going to court and my grandma was saying to me, just have to be honest with us it's like you know they might not just handed me money because that's not the answer but just being honest with us we could have sorted this out and for me it's just all about being honest now you know yeah. I used to always hide away from from telling people how I felt um, not being open with people I always thought I could deal with things on my own yeah but I think one of the bravest things you could do in life and probably the scariest thing you can do in life is just ask for help yeah such a simple thing to do just go and ask for help. If you need help, ask for help. And people will, will help you. They yeah. might not give you the help that you might want, but at least they'll be there for you. Yeah. And that's all I need is just my family to be there for me. And they still are. And they're the most amazing human beings. Fantastic. I suppose that, that kind of leads on to, you know, this whole persona out there. And, and you obviously got caught in it, but maybe, you know, teenagers and everybody getting caught up in social media and everybody else's life's perfect. Mm. And, you know... It's not, but that's the perceived piece and the effect that has on sort of the mental health of individuals. Mm. What do you think can be done to break down some of those barriers so people do start to ask for help? Because mm. it is sometimes the scariest thing yeah. to do, isn't it? It is, and it's, it's funny you should say that because I've just 
just writing a blog a post at the moment about my Thames Challenge. Okay. So if you go on my social media, you look at the pictures, you know, I've gone and paddled the River Thames, you know, it's 200 kilometres, he's done it. People don't know the suffering that I went through that to get there. So in the blog post, I'm sort of sharing that with you, saying, you know, I want to, people understand that, you know, we might all be doing well in life, but we all do struggle. I struggled there, you know, I still have struggles day to day with certain mm. things. I think we all do. Um, and I think we just all need to be so more open and honest about how we are dealing with life. So people yeah. are aware, you know, these teenagers are coming up, the, the young people of today, they're going on social media, everybody looks, you know, pretty, looks like yeah. people go on Love Island. And that's how everybody thinks that, you yeah. know, it should be. But everybody, it's not the way it is. It's, it's not healthy. Reality, no, is it? It's not. And I think we all need to just be more open about this, communicate it better and make, just make it easier for everybody, really. Yeah, no, definitely. I completely agree. It's about being open, isn't it? Yeah. But again, we all, in, at different times in our life, put on a kind of alpha male, alpha female kind of suit, you know, and pretend to be Superman or Super or Wonder Woman. And mm. that's not how, that's not true resilience, is it? True no. resilience is showing your true self. Yeah, that's it, exactly it. Yeah, definitely, definitely. So I suppose I've asked you the question on success. So as we wrap up our conversation, it would be nice to have a just ask you what are your hopes and aspirations so if we came back and recorded another podcast episode with you in 12 months time and then in five years time where's david going to be well hopefully continue the paddle boarding so i've got a few more challenges to do um i've got a few talks booked up for next summer as well okay adventure festivals yeah so i just want to sort of continue to share my story you know tell people where i've come from but i want people to realize it doesn't matter what card you've dealt with in life, it doesn't matter what you've gone through in life, you know, with the right commitment and attitude, you can achieve anything you want into life. And there's also, yeah, I've been, you know, I was given a good start in life and then I hit the rock bottom and a lot of people think once you've been to prison, that's the end. It's not the end at all. You know, commit, sort of get rid of any hate that you might have in you and then really push yourself. And that's what I want more people to do. It doesn't mean you have to, if you are stuck in a rut, I mean, hopefully my story might be able to help some people get out of that rut. Yeah. And I've always said if people ever want to talk to me about anything, like, they're more, you know, more than happy too. And just continue doing that. Keep pushing, you know, the adventures. Keep sharing my story. Just keep getting out there and continue the work that I do for the um, justice system as well. Fantastic. So if people do want to reach out to you, if they do want to know more about David and your adventures and, and your story, where can they go? So on social media is at Nomadic Paddler. Um, also, I've got a website, nomadicpaddler.co.uk. Um, and obviously, if you linked in that sort of thing, David Hayes is how you find me. Perfect. David, I really appreciate your openness and your brutal honesty today. I'm sure there's something every listener will take away from this conversation. So thank you for being an incredible guest. Thank you very much. Thank you. Thank you for listening to the Evolve to Succeed podcast. My hope with every episode is that you've learned something new or heard something that challenged your way of thinking and further motivated you on your path towards becoming a more knowledgeable, informed and inspired individual and business leader. If you enjoyed this episode, then please help us by rating, reviewing and subscribing. We really value your feedback and would love to have you along for future episodes. And please don't forget to learn more about Evolve by going to evolvedmembers.com. Thank you for listening. See you next week.